the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. The best location in the nation and home of the smartest, best-looking, nicest, bravest people in all of America, also the most humble. It's Thursday, April 25th in the year of our Lord, 2019. But obviously, you're not listening to Bob France, even though this is the Bob France Authority. You're listening to Pete Kersenow, substituting for Bob France, who is the best radio talk show host in America, not named Rush Limbaugh. I'll be here today and tomorrow to your chagrin, and also due to Bob's exceptionally poor judgment in asking me to sub for him, which probably will result in his risking embarrassment, congressional investigations, FCC fines, ostracization from polite society, and so on and so forth. For those of you who are fortunate not to know me, I'm Bob's regular Tuesday guest and have been for approximately the last four and a half, five years or so. In addition, I'm host of the Curse Now Report, heard five times daily on this very station. I'm an attorney. I'm not Darth Vader. You don't have to hold that against me. I'm also a member of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. I happen to be the longest-serving member. It's more of a sentence rather than service. But uh, I've done that, and maybe some of you have also recognized me from my regular appearances on the Tucker Carlson Show. And I'm the author of thriller novels like Target Omega, Second Strike, and the soon-to-be-released The Black Russian. Buy them. Buy lots of them. Buy them for your mother, your friends, your enemy, the guy you saw at the bus station, the creepy guy at the gym. Buy as many of them as you can. So, all of this proves that God has an exceptional sense of humor. The telephone number today, 901-0945 and 
one zero again nine zero one zero nine four five or one eight 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 two eight one 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 zero what's today cleveland generally all clevelanders know without equivocation it's draft day but i suspect most of us have forgotten about it because we've accomplished what we've not been able to accomplish in the last 20 years, or at least since the Browns came back. We have a quarterback, Baker Mayfield. In my estimation, the best rookie quarterback I've seen in at least 30 years. Yes, I think he's the best I've seen in 30 years. Some of you may quibble with me, but consider that he was dealing with a team that barely won any games in the last three to four years. We also have the best running back duo right now in... um, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, unequivocally the best wide receiver duo. So we're not sitting at the edge of our seat hoping that we won't flub the draft choice because we've got a guy by the name of John Dorsey who seems to be omniscient. He makes the right picks. He makes the right moves. Don't want to put too much pressure on him. But you know what? I don't even know if I'm going to watch the draft today. I may just lie back, wait to see what happens in the morning because I'm pretty confident John's going to do the right thing. At the bottom of this hour, we're going to be listening to David Cortman, who is probably one of the most foremost experts on all manner of aspects and issues related to religious freedom. David is the senior counsel and vice president of U.S. litigation for our friends at the Alliance Defending Freedom. I know Bob's talked about them before. I've talked about them with Bob, and I've interacted with them over the years while I've been on the Civil Rights Commission some of the best litigators around defending your religious freedom and making sure that the First Amendment in general is protected. So, we will listen to David at the bottom of the hour. I've got a few uh, comments or just general observations driving here today. You know, I heard a few things going on in the news. And, you know, just general observations related to Society today, and of course, what's going on with respect to the presidential election? Yeah, it's not too soon to be thinking about it. We've been thinking about it since the last election, even though that election was sought to be overturned. We've been thinking about these things because, let's face it, something has gone seriously off the rails in our culture in our politics, in the national discourse generally. Those of you who have heard me on Bob's show or on other shows such as Tucker, or if you've, I've had the pleasure of speaking to a number of you at various community organizations across Northeast Ohio and, frankly, uh, across the country, and we've had a lot of interchange about my position that prior to the 2016 election, America was at a tipping point, and I was concerned that maybe I was misreading it, that we were not just at a tipping point, maybe we were beyond the tipping point, and I had absolutely no doubt whatsoever that had Hillary Clinton been elected, the United States, as we knew it, and I don't want to be histrionic about this or overstate the case, but you can see the direction in which the country is going. You can see that we had an attempt to overturn the results of an election, I thought that we would lose America. 
with the election of Donald Trump and the fact that he has fought so vigorously, despite the fact that the forces of the establishment were arrayed against him, the media was arrayed against him, I had some respite or feeling of respite thinking that we had forestalled the tipping of America into something that we wouldn't recognize. Again, not to overstate the proposition, but having talked to many of you over the years, I think you share that concern, and it's a realistic concern. It's not something that is hysterical. It's not something that is the stuff of people on MSNBC only or Fox News on the other side only. It's the stuff of real concern of Americans who love their country. So I thought with the election of 2016, I guarantee many of you listening to this show were elated, were ecstatic at what happened on election night. I didn't go to sleep. I thought that we had lost the election. All the polls said so, and I had resolved to myself on election night, I was not going to watch the television. I was not going to listen to radio. I was not going to look at any media whatsoever because I would simply be in a state of despair. It wasn't until about, I'd say, 1230 in the morning that my son said Trump's winning. And I thought, what the heck? Why do this to me? But sure enough, I turned on the TV. It was on the CBS station. And I saw a panel of people, the sound was down, I heard nothing, saw no polls, but the expressions on their face told me my son was telling me the truth. I didn't go to sleep that night. Nonetheless, despite the elation, and it was just not a momentary elation, I think we're still somewhat elated because we've got a president who fights back. But we see the titanic forces arrayed not just against him, but against what we understood America to be, what the Constitution clearly is, the rule of law generally. And so there's this sense of concern, if not foreboding, about the direction we're going in. And it's confirmed by what we see among the current crop, and there's about six gazillion of them, of Democratic presidential candidates. I think there are 21, actually. But you listen to what they have to say. And when I say we are at a tipping point, well, these candidates suggest that they are going completely over the edge. It's incredible. You've got one person who will propose something completely insane, and you think that there's no way anyone can beat that person in terms of sheer lunacy. But sure enough, one other guy will come along and say, hold my beer, watch this, I can top that in terms of lunacy. Just in the last month and a half, we have had so many ridiculous proposals from the Democrats, it's almost difficult to keep them all in line. The mother of all ridiculous proposals, of course, comes from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Admittedly, she is not a presidential candidate, but she's the new face of the Democratic Party. And she proposed the Green New Deal. Well, first of all, I, like many of you, probably was given the admonition by my mother, if you can't speak well of someone, don't speak at all. I'm going to make a slight exception because I think there is an exception when it comes to people who hold office, people in positions of political authority, I would urge you right now, if you're at home 
Walk over to your sock drawer. Give you a couple seconds. Get over there. Open it up very slowly. Look inside. I don't know what kind of socks you have on, you know, there may be cotton socks, synthetic socks of some sort, wool socks. Look at each single one of them, and I guarantee you those socks, either individually or collectively, have a higher IQ than Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Nonetheless, this freshman congressperson was allowed to get prime time by Democratic leadership, one of the biggest political debacles they made in terms of their judgment, and she went out there and proposed the Green New Deal. Unequivocally, without question, the craziest proposal ever made in American politics, at least in the last 100 years. I can't speak too much about that prior to that, except for I read in history. I suppose that not everything that occurred was written down, but nonetheless, in modern times, nothing even remotely approaches the Green New Deal. Then you have reparations. Every presidential candidate has said something either positive or gave a full-throated endorsement of reparations if he or she is elected to the presidency. Think about that. You know all the myriad questions that come from that. Aside from the moral questions, the <clears throat> excuse me, the political questions as to whether or not it could ever get passed, what about the mechanics of it? Who pays the reparations? Who gets the reparations? Later on, possibly in the second hour, and definitely tomorrow, we'll have time to talk about these things. And by the way, I've got some ideas about what we'd like to talk about tomorrow. I want to have a little bit of fun tomorrow. Not just talk about politics, but talk about conservatism generally. It doesn't stop there. For the longest time, they've been talking about open borders. We have seen on our southern border nothing less than a complete invasion. Some of these folks are armed. You may have seen some video of some drug smugglers heavily armed, they look like SEAL Team 6, bringing also some human beings across the border. Thousands upon thousands are coming across the border, and Democrats are saying, no problemo, no problemo. On top of that, we have Medicare for All. Medicare for All. By the way, yesterday a report came out from the Congressional Budget Office, nonpartisan, Remember what the impetus behind Obamacare was. Forget you can, you know, if you want your doctor, you can keep your doctor and all these other lies that were told. They are lies because they knew at the time that they were false. Forget that for a moment. What the Congressional Budget Office showed was contrary to what Obamacare was supposed to do. And that is, if you may recall, we had 30 million uninsured in this country and Obamacare sought to cover the majority of them and keep down premiums. Recall that? Well, something interesting happened. Since just 2016, that's right, just in the last three years, 1.8 million Americans have lost their health insurance due to all of the vagaries, all the machinations of Obamacare. In addition, Premiums have spiked substantially. At this time, think about that. Now they want Medicare for all. As was said by a pundit, you know, if you think medicine and health care is expensive now, wait until it's free. So now they want Medicare for all. Oh, that's really going to work. People in Washington 
don't learn from their titanic mistakes. Now what they want, according to Elizabeth Warren, is forgiveness of all student loans. We can talk about that for the next several days. But on the heels of what I just told you, remember this. Forgiveness of all student loans. The federal government's going to get involved in paying off student loans to people who've decided to take out loans to go to school. Okay, no problems there. If you want to go to school, fine. But why is it the responsibility of someone who didn't go to college to pay off the debt of somebody who did? And we can talk about that at ad infinitum. Lots more to come. We're going to go to a break. See you on the other side. We'll continue this conversation. We got a lot more to cover. Good morning, Cleveland. You're listening to the Bob France Authority. This is Pete Kersenow, substituting for Bob France. We've got a couple of minutes before the bottom of the hour. I want to get one caller in. By the way, as I indicated at the top of the hour, we've got David Cortman from Alliance Defending Freedom at uh, the beginning of the next hour, at the bottom of the hour, actually, and we're going to be talking about religious freedom. But let me go to BJ in North Olmsted. BJ, you there? Yes, I am, Pete. I appreciate your perspective that you give. You're a very brilliant man, and I enjoy listening to you. I've been around quite a while, but I was thinking that if you have influence with the Republican Party and their advertising, I would suggest this ad streaming across all the Democrats running uh, with Joe Biden and uh, Bernie and uh, all of them, all of those high-powered people within the background, the music playing, Send in the clown. <laughs> That's a real clown car, isn't it? Yes, it is. And and it's amazing to watch what's going on in our country today. I've been around for 88 years, and I've gotten it from Franklin Roosevelt all the way to the present day. And we are going through changes. But my, my belief is and always has been that I'm very optimistic about the future because without optimism in America, there is no America. And I think we're going to come out of this with a lot of awakening, and I hope you continue your perspectives as they are, and I wish you well and good luck on the show today, and thank you for your time. Thanks very much, BJ. Thanks for the call, and with people like you, I think we always will have mourning in America. Yeah, we've got all the people who are crowded into a fleet of clown cars representing the Democratic field, but you know what? They are clowns. I, ha- I hate to be disparaging, but these people, when you think Madison, Jay, um, Hamilton, the founding fathers, I know, they were all white supremacists. And then you compare this lot of folks, you despair. But when you hear people like BJ, and I meet all you guys across the country, we're going to be in good shape. All the folks who have, all our fine folks who have served our country in the military, all the people out there who put on a uniform, all the people out there who believe in the merits of America as originally founded, we'll get past this. At the bottom of the hour, and when we come back, we're going to have David Cortman, I hope, I hope we can reach him, and he'll talk a little bit about religious freedom and a lawsuit against South Euclid by the Lyceum.
Good morning, Cleveland. We're at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to the Bob France Authority. Pete Kersenow substituting for Bob France, the best radio talk show host in America, not named Rush Limbaugh. We are fortunate now to have with us David Cortman, who is Senior Counsel and Vice President of U.S. Litigation for an organization with which I've had the pleasure of interacting on a regular basis in my capacity as a commissioner on the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. It's the Alliance Defending Freedom, which I consider to be, and I think most people consider to be, the premier organization defending First Amendment rights, particularly the Free Exercise Clause. David, are you there? I'm here. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for being on. Um, David, tell us a little bit about the Alliance Defending Freedom. Sure. Uh, we're actually a legal alliance, which means we work with uh, a lot of like-minded groups and individuals. Um, we defend the rights of people to live out their faith, uh, whether that comes through uh, their job, their organizations, their churches, religious schools, like in this instance. Um, and, and we deal with pro-life issues, defend marriage and the family, um, things of that nature. Yeah. And uh, there are a couple of reasons why I wanted to have you on, and we're so pleased you are able to join us. Uh, you made allusion to it, and that is the Lyceum here in the Cleveland area brought a lawsuit against the city of South Euclid, and Alliance Defending Freedom is the organization that is litigating that on behalf of the the school. But also, uh, a few years ago, in the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights, we held a full-blown hearing on the threats to religious freedom, and Alliance uh, Defending Freedom was part of that hearing. And one of the things that disturbed me, the hearing was held at my instance because I had seen during the course of my several years on the commission, 18 years now, in increasing hostility toward religious freedom, not just from uh, the usual suspects on the cultural left, but there have been state incursions more and more, particularly on schools, churches, and also businesses, you know, as we've seen with respect to, you know, Arlene's Flowers, Masterpiece Cakes, so on and so forth. In the Lyceum case, you guys have brought a lawsuit against the city of South Euclid because they passed an ordinance. And it's I've read the lawsuit. It's extraordinary. Um, tell us a little bit about it. What was the basis for bringing that lawsuit? Yeah, it, it's, it's interesting because you have these laws, and um, they, they seem innocuous, and most people don't even know about them. They don't know about this happening, but they're called public accommodation laws. And they're basically meant for businesses to make sure that they serve everyone. Um, so generally speaking, we're not talking about speech issues. We're not talking about First Amendment issues. We're talking about someone um, staying at a hotel, buying a hamburger, whatever it happens to be. But what's been happening is they're taking these laws and expanding them so far, they're intruding directly into the church and into religious organizations. So, for example, what they've done in this case is said, okay, these public accommodations, and they, they define them so broadly, you don't even know who they cover and who they don't, and they say you have to hire people even if they disagree with your religious beliefs, even if they disagree with your, your sexual or moral ethics, you have to hire them as teachers, you have to allow them as students, and of course as a small um, Catholic school, uh, the Lyceum uh, certainly doesn't want to violate the, the, you know, the Catholic Church's teaching. Right, and Lyceum, part of its charter is that they adhere to traditional Catholic ch- teaching. Um, and that goes with respect to all aspects of Catholicism, including an adherence to the faith in terms of marriage and sexuality and so on and so forth. In my understanding, in looking at the complaint, there was a component in the complaint dealing with compelled speech. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, what's interesting is is that um, 
the, the ordinance covers so much in, in addition to the hiring and, and the allowing of students, as we mentioned, but it also has these provisions in there that say um, you can't say anything publicly um, where, where someone may think that a, a person is not um, welcome or they're objectionable, unwelcome, unacceptable, undesirable. So there's this whole speech component to, for example, if someone who's religious or Catholic says, I believe marriage is between a man and a woman, that could be deemed to violate the ordinance when it deals with the school. So just professing church doctrine uh, on this type of language is far enough to get you facing, uh, and this is the other thing, the punishment is is fines and possible jail time, injunctive relief, damages, um, punitive damages, I mean, all the way across the board. So it's some some serious stuff. Yeah, um, I've had the pleasure of getting to meet some of the people at the Lyceum. I know Luke Masick. And I spoke there a while back, and I say this on a regular basis. I've also had the privilege of debating and speaking at some of the finest law schools in the country, Michigan, University of Chicago, you name it, across the entire country. And I get questions from students very often. They're all very erudite questions, great questions. But here's the peculiar thing. When I spoke at the Lyceum, we're talking about students who are between 6th grade and 12th grade. The questions I got from the students were, hands down, this is not an exaggeration, the best questions I ever got from any student group, including all these prestigious law schools I just mentioned in the last 20 years. It's an extraordinary school. They do a great job. They adhere to the faith. And this South Euclid Ordinance, David, it's, it's vague, isn't it? It doesn't, does it reach the level of being unconstitutionally vague? Well, it, it does, and that's part of the problem. What's interesting here, you know, first of all, religious schools should be able to, to, to operate according to their beliefs without the government stepping in and say, no, you can't. That, I mean, I think everyone should agree with that, regardless of what religion you are. And so here, it's so vague. Not only did the Lyceum go to the, the hearings on the ordinance um, to state their objections and to say it shouldn't apply to, to religious organizations, um, they also wrote a letter to the, the city saying, hey, we want to know what this applies to, sent what are called public records requests that the, the city illegally denied in answering. Um, then we sent a letter saying, hey, does this apply to us? And it was interesting. Their answer was, go ask your attorneys whether it applies to us or not. But how are we supposed to know whether the city thinks this applies to the school? Obviously, no one else can know that but them. So it's interesting. They're, they're playing cute with this and not just giving an answer saying, yes, it does, or no, it doesn't. And that's because the vagueness of the ordinance. You don't know what it applies to or who it applies to until they say so. Yeah, and it puts the people at the Lyceum in a tough spot because they don't know. They're in jeopardy of possibly committing some type of violation that could include fines and jail time. And... There's no way for them as lay people to determine whether or not somebody's going to be knocking on their door and saying, hey, you know what, you violated the ordinance. In addition to that, David, is there any kind of an exemption anywhere in the ordinance for religious organizations pursuant to some of the Supreme Court cases like Hosanna Tabor and kind of on the other side of his CLS versus Martinez, but typically... Um, there is some latitude provided to religious organizations which don't have to be just be churches or what you consider to be ordinary religious organizations like synagogues, mosques, and churches and things like that. Is there any kind of exemption like that that you're aware of? Well, there, there should be, but there isn't. And it's a great point that you bring up because people need to understand that the Constitution protects specifically not only free speech and religious speech, but religious exercise. 
So when you talk about a religious exemption, it's not graced by the government. It's, it's guaranteed by the Constitution. And imagine an ordinance like this that says um, you can't hire people of your same faith, which is in essence what it says. Religion is one of those categories. So if a Catholic school hires someone outside their faith, that would violate this law without a religious exemption. And so what was interesting, during the process, there was a religious exemption in this ordinance, and then some of the groups on the left got involved, and all of a sudden that religious exemption, which was constitutionally required, was removed from the ordinance, so now there's no longer religious exemption in this ordinance. And we talk about tolerance, we talk about all these things in our pluralistic society, but what's interesting is there's no more tolerance afforded to, you know, afforded to religious folks. Because unless you get on the bandwagon and decide and agree with whatever the government wants to do, somehow you're in violation of these, of these newly concocted and expanded laws. David, you've done a lot of these kinds of things before. This complaint was just filed. I assume an answer is probably due sometime in the next week or two or so. Um, what's the general trajectory in your experience for a lawsuit like this? I know they vary, but can you give us a little bit of a roadmap as to what expect next? Yeah, well, it, it, it'll be it'll be all uh, dependent upon how the city responds. And so it's interesting, uh, five or six times, seven times before we filed, we just asked them, hey, does this apply to us? A simple yes or no, uh, you know, would have would have dealt with the situation right there. So what we've done, not only we filed a complaint, but we're drafting what's called a motion for a preliminary injunction, which is going to court and saying, hey, they cannot apply this to us. If the city comes to court and says it does not apply to you, which is actually what we've been asking them for the last several months, and then that's a win for the school. They can go on and, and, and be free to practice their faith without having this, you know, Damocles sword hanging over them, these fines, punishment, jail time. So it's going to move hopefully pretty quickly um, because we, we don't want that possibility coming to. I mean, imagine, and this is what's interesting, imagine a criminal law where the average citizen doesn't know if it applies to them or not, or whether it applies to what you do. And so the government has a constitutional obligation to tell people, this is clearly what the law means, and this is clearly who it applies to. And they don't get to say, well, figure it out yourself, which is exactly what they've done here. Right. David, what are some of the other things the Alliance Defending Freedom is doing throughout the country to protect religious freedom today? Well, what's interesting, as you mentioned before, this, this type of, of, of laws are, are spreading not only to religious schools, uh, but churches themselves. They're trying to apply. We've had cases in Connecticut and Iowa where they actually take this, what they call a public accommodation law, and they try to apply it to a church to, to make the church violate its religious beliefs, whether it comes to use of bathrooms by the opposite sex, um, whatever it happens to be. We've got all the cases regarding um, the, you know, the bakers and the florists and, and the police chiefs around the country. And what's interesting is it's spreading into all different areas. Um, for example, adoption agencies, if you happen to be a Christian adoption agency now, um, certain, certain states are removing you because you, quote-unquote, want to give adoption to the people of the same faith. Um, um, so, and, and then removing people, Christian families, from fostering or adoption care. Um, so it's just it's it's spreading in every aspect of life that you could imagine this hostility that you mentioned mentioned to people of faith and religious organizations. Yeah, and it's very troubling. Um, you know, we I think take these freedoms for granted to some extent in America. If you talk to people who are from you know older people from Eastern Europe or places that have escaped totalitarian regimes, they will tell you, they will caution you and say, folks. Don't go down this path. We've seen this movie before. And this applies not just to the religious, not just to those of you who go to church or synagogue or mosque every day or every uh, day of obligation. 
but it applies to anyone, even if you're not religious, because this goes to belief, regardless of whether or not it's faith-based. And if they can control or affect what you believe, they can control you and can control the polity. This is something that's serious. It's not something that is histrionic, as I said once before. We have to take this seriously. It's the First Amendment for a reason. At one point, it was the Third Amendment, and then it got moved up to the First Amendment by the Founding Fathers for a whole host of reasons. But it is the premier defense against an overweening, overbearing government. David, what can people do to assist the Alliance Defending Freedom? Let, let me just, I, I just, uh, one thing that you just said is, 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 uh, is, is so true that people may not realize. What if I'm not religious? And, and you just hit it, uh, hit the nail on the head. And that is, this protects everyone whether you're religious or not. If you look at any country in the world that doesn't have true religious freedom, you have no other freedom at all. You have no free speech, you have no free association. So, so these freedom to believe is also the freedom not to believe. So when people say, well, you know, these religious folks just want an exemption or they want to do their own thing, that same right protects you whether you're religious or not whether it deals in, in the free exercise clause or the free speech clause. And so I think that's a, an excellent point that you bring up, that it does uh, defend everyone's rights, regardless of where you stand. Um, so I think that was a good point. But basically, you can contact um, ADF and, and ADFlegal.org. You talked about all those cases around the country, things are happening. Um, certainly do that. Find out what's going on in your local community. Uh, we stand with people free of charge uh, when their religious freedoms are violated. Um, so if you hear of anyone or know anyone, that has any of these issues, let us know. But the biggest thing is get involved whatever level you're at. There's, there's, you know, you talk about school districts, you talk about running for different positions. It's all important from, from the first, you know, local school district position all the way up to mayor, governor, whatever have you. And so my exhortation to people would be um, stay informed, listening to radio shows like this. And, Peter, you've done a great job um, in, in your positions and all that you've done, so we appreciate that. But stay involved, get involved, and, and do something about it because it will be at your door. People don't realize, well, it hasn't happened to me. Well, it will, because all of our clients were minding their own business, operating their businesses, schools, and people have come to them and sued them and started enacting these ordinances. So it's coming. It's not one of those things where you can just sit back and relax and realize, well, I'll be safe, because you, you won't be. And David just made a very good point. Uh, I mean, this harkens back to the old Rhine old neighbor quote of, you know, first they came for the socialists, but I wasn't a socialist, so I didn't care. And then they came from, you know, whatever, the Democrat, and they did, I wasn't a Democrat, so I didn't care. It is at your doorstep. I can tell you at the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights, I see this on a regular basis. The hearing we had on peaceful coexistence related to religious freedom was by far, by far, nothing even came close. The one that public comment flowed in just at a furious pace. People are very, very, very concerned about this. And as most of you out there in the listening audience, very erudite um, audience, Totalitarian regimes, one of the first things they typically do is when they come into power is they try to suppress religious practice and religious freedom. So, again, we are fortunate to live in the freest nation on earth. We're in good shape here right now, but there is real concern, and the Alliance Defending Freedom is a bork against this. David, how can um, uh, can you give us the, the website address? I encourage people to go and, and check out the Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, absolutely. It's adflegal.org. Uh, and the phone number is 1-800-TELL-T-E-L-L-A-D-F. Uh, there's tons of information on there, not only what's going on, but what you can do in your local area. And I, I think that's the best way to, to fight against this, is for everyone to, to be informed and then take a stand. David, thanks so much for your time. Good luck to you. We'll try to reach back to you at some point to see how things are progressing, but keep up the good fight. 
All right, thank you, and you do the same. Okay, folks, uh, that was David Cortman of Lines Defending Freedom. We are getting toward our break here. At the top of the hour, we'll have another break, and then we're going to get back to your phone calls. But, uh, again, I can't stress enough, the incursions on religious freedom are a real threat to our democracy. Please become active in protecting this fundamental right. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. Good morning, Cleveland. This is the Bob France Authority. Pete Kersenow substituting for Bob France, and we're serenaded by the great Jimi Hendrix. Not a conservative, but nonetheless, I imagine him to be so because the music is so great. We had a great discussion with David Cortman of Alliance Defending Freedom about incursions to religious liberty. At the top of the next hour, we're going to be talking about some of your concerns related to the direction in which the country is going in. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about, but I really would like to focus on a number of things such as the entry of Joe Biden into the race, all of the crazy lunatic proposals made by the Democratic clown car, presidential clown car, that is, and these things are truly extraordinary. We can't, we don't have adequate time to dissect even one of them because there are so many layers of ridiculousness to these proposals. And it's a real testament, I think, to where we are as a society that we'd even countenance treat any of these remotely seriously. That's a real problem. David Cortman said a couple of very, very important things about religious freedom. And again, uh, I, I can't speak highly enough about the Alliance Defending Freedom. They take all kinds of junk from people. They get, um, you know, all kinds of abuse from all the usual suspects, our betters. They are a deplorable, if you will, organization in the minds of our betters. But they do such fundamentally important work. And there are a number of other good organizations out there, too. There's not enough time to list them all. Religious freedom is the foundational principle for protecting all of our freedoms. If we don't have freedom of conscience, freedom of belief, all of the other freedoms perish. So even if you are not religious, this is something that should be of paramount concern if you simply want to exercise your conscience and believe as you do and not be told what to believe by an overbearing government. Donald Trump is the president right now. At some point, we'll have a different president. I don't care who the president is. I don't care if it's Donald Trump. I don't care if it's Bill Clinton or Barack Obama. Nobody tells me how to believe things. The only person who ever told me how to believe things or persons were Nick and Kathy Kersenow. Everybody else... Forget it. I suspect most of you believe the same as I do in that regard. So tomorrow, what we're going to do is something a little bit different. We're close to the top of the hour. Tomorrow, I want to have some fun. It's kind of a semi-open line. I don't want to talk necessarily just about politics. I want to talk about some fun things, such as what is your favorite conservative movie? I know slim pickings there. 
by default, almost every movie is liberal. So if it's not, doesn't have overt liberal tendencies, it's generally deemed to be conservative. Favorite liberal movie, favorite, favorite conservative movie, favorite conservative book, favorite conservative song, if you can find one, rock song, favorite conservative politician. Like to hear from you and why. We are now at 10 o'clock. We'll be coming back in about six or seven minutes. Please come back. Please hold on. I've got some calls on the line. We will get to them in short order after the break. Telephone number 901-0945. Pete Kersenow substituting for Bob France and the Bob France Authority. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.